0: Hello folks, fellow appreciators of documentary, we skip a shorty's up this Friday because I got a sweet 30 for 30 and it's dripping with swag and attitude. Oh sorry, my name is Bob Shaman, I welcome you to The Documenteers, the best documentary themed podcast that you will find anywhere, I promise, swear to Jack Kirby, it's true. Each week I host and i am joined with a fellow enthusiast to discuss a different documentary. My buddy Drew and I are making our way through the 30 for 30s, and next month is Herzog month, and Drew might have that month off, but he will return for our Creeptober October for the sports side of fear. On this episode, we go to the city of Los Angeles, where the Raiders moved to from Oakland in 1983, and whose attitude and play style inspired the image of a burgeoning new rap style coming from South Central LA covering a 13-year span of a city where a lot of shit went down and a lot of it wasn't good, especially when the Raiders started losing. That's right, this month's 30 for 30 is straight out of L.A., and it's directed by none other than Ice Cube. He was there next Monday on The Documenteers. We already told you earlier this week that we're discussing Gates of Heaven by Errol Morris, but next Friday, I will tell you, and I rarely ever do this, That our shorties episode will be Les Blanks, Werner Herzog Eats His Shoe. It will ring in our second annual Herzog month. Yes, he eats his shoe in that. Every September, the month that birthed him, we celebrate the strange documentaries of Werner Herzog. He is carved onto the side of DocuLympus. Shit. Documentaries are only half of his output, but we might touch base on one of his feature films. So yeah, Gates of Heaven, and then... Werner Herzog Eats His Shoe next week on this very podcast you're hearing right now. All kinds of classic rap in this episode. West Coast rap featuring all the artists in N.W.A. Fellow Compton rapper Kendrick Lamar has a brief clip played in a dash of OutKast who is not from Los Angeles at all. We do get a song from the 1986 L.A. Raiders called Silver and Black Attack. I'm starting to accumulate bad rap songs from sports teams and I'm loving it. Documenteerspodcast.com. Go there for more information about us. Also, Stuart wants to do a poll to see if you guys want to hear us review pornography on the show. Just email a simple yes or no to documenteerspodcast at gmail, or leave a yes or no comment anywhere on your podcast app or our Instagram. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just doing this to appease Stuart. Hopefully he will forget about it and move on. Five stars in a review for our show. On Apple podcasts will get you into heaven I don't think you can afford not to at least do that just in case just in case making us happy and helping us grow has never been so simple and free let's go talk about some smash mouth gangster rap keep on docking here is a motion picture film a thousand feet 16,000 separate photographs let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel What a lot of people don't don't realize, Snoop, is the Raiders changed the rules of the game. And so did LA hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You know, hardcore gangster rap. We changed the rules of the game too. That that raider image, that 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 pirate. That, that patch that, on his eye, the yeah. sword, the shield, it just it just seemed like, you know, like we're here to take what we come to get by any means necessary.
1: I'm about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
0: I'm straight out of podcasts, me and Drew recording podcasts. Then when we're done, I turn the recording off. Then Drew gets in his car and goes home. But little does he know, i motherfucking following him all the way to his house. And then I watch him walk into his house. And then I walk up to his window in the bushes. And I'm motherfucking masturbating while he's <laughs> So Drew. <laughs> say something. <laughs> say something, Drew. It's pulling from my life, man. <laughs> yeah, I am pulling it's from crazy my life. Streets. Look, this is just how it is where I grew up. Are you into fashion? Obviously. Are you into football? Yeah. This movie we're talking about. I got to admit, it talks about the the Raiders, the football team, the Raiders. That's like the coolest fucking logo. Logo's all right. Come on. It's a, it's a, like a silver pirate looking dude. He even looks like some weird clip art character, but he stuck a football helmet and a pirate patch on. He's got swords going through his head. That's not cool. It's pretty cool. What's a cooler logo in the NFL than the Raiders? Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers orange gay pirates. <laughs> I do kind of like the tattered pirate flag. Well, you think the Jets logo is probably the best? Huh? No, that's pretty shitty. What about Bears? The Bear? I like that bear head. <laughs> you would like that bear head, Drew? We're talking about the thirty for thirty film, straight out of podcast.
1: But this L- <laughs> MC got it bad because I'm loud.
0: Go on, do some drop some rhymes. <laughs> I think you got that. Freestyle, cover. bro. I think you
1: got that covered already? You can't
0: be, be worse than me. <laughs> Come on, let's hear just a few bars, bro. That's all I had. done here. You gotta
1: pay for that kind of entertainment. Set up a a little uh, subscription only, and (laughs) then you'll get the goods.
0: Straight out of LA, directed by Ice Cube.
1: And narrated by Ice Ice Cube. Cube.
0: Man, he might be the most popular rapper with the dumbest name.
1: Hey, what's cuber than being Cube? Ice Cube! Alright, 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 alright. What's cooler than Ice Cube? Talking to himself. Ice Cube talking to Snoop.
0: You know I love you, right, baby? You don't love me. You just love my doggy style. Yeah. The
1: D-O-Double-J-Z.
0: It opens with Ice talking to Snoop, and they're walking around where I assume the Raiders at this uh, used to play.
1: It's kind of uh, almost <laughs> torn apart, huh? Yeah, I guess. That's the L.A. Coliseum, and the Raiders,
0: uh, they ain't in L.A. no more snoop talks about the pirate attitude of the raiders we couldn't represent flowers and trees and birds because that ain't how we get out we got to represent something like a pirate attitude because that's the attitude that we take on they used to be in oakland and then al davis let me tell you by the end of this documentary i did not like al davis like (laughs) even a little bit
1: are you talking about because he's an actual zombie
0: He's got to be uh, passed away by now. Huh? Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> I think he was passed away in this, and just animated by some black magic.
0: I, I'm amazed Al even was able to sit up in a chair in this one. For the
1: first time, I found myself saying, thank God these were filmed before HD. For 4K. Can you imagine?
0: I feel like I saw plenty.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Snoop's a pirate takes what they want. team that represents us. The Raiders that changed the game just like gangster rappers changed the game can't be represented by no
0: tree or no flower. The NWA sported Raiders gear they loved wearing. Black. express yourself Got to do
1: now. I'm expressing with my full capabilities and now I'm living in correctional facilities. But Ice
0: <laughs> points out that the Raiders seem violent and rough around the edges, not unlike Compton. Compton, Compton ain't no city quite like mine. 1983, Al Davis, the general manager and coach of the Oakland Raiders, which then, did they say it was the murder capital of the world? Yeah. 83 Oakland, congratulations.
1: Congratulations. Your award's in the mail. They were contrasting it to, you know, bullshit, clean, hippie San Francisco right across the bay over there. Yeah.
0: Let me tell you, the bridge going into Oakland is a lot more impressive than the uh, Golden Gate Bridge.
1: Congratulations, Oakland.
0: Yeah. Congratulations on having the better bridge. Going into your city, Oakland.
1: But this is 1980. We got Ronald Reagan.
0: Ice points out.
1: No white kids listen to rap.
0: That's right. Well, there's a reason for that. Because MTV (laughs) started right at the beginning of the 80s. People who produced and ran the shit thought that like, oh, white kids don't want to watch black people. Here, we'll give them a little Billy Ocean. (laughs) They can handle Billy Ocean. There's actually a fairly infamous um, interview that David Bowie did in the early days of MTV where he's scolding. MTV for not playing more black artists.
1: It, it occurred to me having watched MTV over the last few months, um, that it's, 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 got, it's a solid enterprise with it and it's got a lot going for it. I'm just floored by the fact that there's so many, so few black artists featured on it. Why is that?
0: And the guy who's interviewing him, who was one of the early VJs, basically accidentally says, uh, well, we don't think white kids like black people, so. Of course also we have to try and do what we think, not only New York, and Los Angeles will appreciate, but also uh, Poughkeepsie or Midwest, pick some town in the Midwest that will be scared to death by Prince, which we're playing, or a string of other black faces and black music. That's very interesting. We're not gonna give them black people to watch, except Billy Ocean. So we are going to perpetuate the race. They admitted it in the interview. As you say, there's certainly a lot of black kids and white kids who may wanna see black music. Mm. There's a ton of them who are it's not like it was in 67 where you say, yeah, I'm, I'm not into that. You know, but you are, yeah. Now it's you're into that. I don't like you. And that's scary. And we can't we can't just turn around and go, well, look, this is the right way. We can only teach, I think, a little bit at a time. Ooh. Pretty fascinating. Interesting. OK, thank you very much. Does that make sense? Valid
1: point? I understand your point of view. Okay. <laughs> Raiders tapped into that violent Oakland reputation. They were talking about the gangster rap was violent music. Yeah. And the Raiders played violent football. So it was kind of made for each other. And it it boosted both of them. The Raiders were more intimidating to their opponents because they were associated with this kind of violent culture. That made them more menacing. Made their fans more menacing. Of
0: course, made their Ra- stadium
1: more menacing.
0: Gangster rap would come a little bit later. A lot of these dudes were like super into funk and b boys and the early raps of the from the New York Times. But the Raiders. He watched the Raiders beat the Eagles. And that winter, I saw the Raiders beat the hell out the Eagles in Super Bowl fifteen, and I knew they'd be my team for life.
1: Young animated Ice Cube watched the Raiders beat the Eagles.
0: You know this animation not bad. It was pretty cool, actually. Not bad at all.
1: <laughs> from all the Ice Cube's youth,
0: if, I'm just going back to all the animations I remember in other documentaries. More than I really want exists out there. This one was much on the the better side,
1: and it seemed like there was a reason for it. It was the flashback scenes were the animation.
0: You know why they call him Hallie Long, right?
1: Halle Long came over there from Villanova, is where he went to school.
0: You know the Raiders; they kicked ass for decades. It's weird that a, a team is generally good and then moves cities.
1: They were the winningest team from the 60s to the 90s. Yeah. But how he Long gets drafted to this team with this reputation already. From Villanova, a school where he said there was a priest on every floor of the dorms. And then he goes to that Raiders locker room. And he's like, huh, this is going to be different. John Madden gets interviewed a lot in this, of course. He was the coach of those Raiders times. But they had those kind of outlaw players. Even Even the white players are saying, we were thugs. Yeah. We were crazy. We had some crazy players. What was was that guy, uh, Matasek, who never saw a drug he didn't like?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They got away with it because they won, but eventually the Raiders would come to L.A.
1: The Rams, the, the other Los Angeles team at the time, they'd moved a little bit outside of L.A. to Anaheim, basically, which was essentially away from the black fans. And towards Pretty the suburbs much. for the Rams. So in 1982, Al Davis got in one of his first lawsuits against the NFL. He wanted a new stadium. He wanted luxury boxes. The same old story. This one's not good enough. It's not making me enough money.
0: This is where I'm starting to dislike Al Davis.
1: He went straight against the NFL lawsuits in court. And he had to win the battle to get basically get the... NFL reprimanded by the judge for saying you're being monopolistic and anti-competitive. Yeah, it's the NFL. So he's allowed by court order to move the Raiders from Oakland to LA. And Ice Cube's like, oh, hell yeah. yeah, My good. favorite team.
0: He had already liked the style of the Raiders, and it was already starting to incorporate into his style. And then Commitment to Excellence billboards started popping up on every street in Los Angeles.
1: That great slogan that Al Davis can't do without. But they were like the Yankees at this point. You just expected them to win all the time. This is the Raiders. This is a brand. They win. Commitment to Excellence.
0: Throughout this movie, Ice Cube and Snoop they're walking around an empty stadium being like, man, remember that shit? Man, that was cool. Who's better at throwing a football, Ice Cube or Snoop? Snoop looks more like a receiver type, maybe a cornerback. I would give it to Ice. That's a good
1: point. Good point. I think his uh, son actually is a wide receiver.
0: Oh. But the merging of the Raiders style and the fact that they won the Super Bowl when they showed up that year in LA, the fairweathers to fairweathery towns. You can credit L.A. for loving their Dodgers no matter what. But that's pretty much it.
1: Well, they'll still show up in the third inning and leave in the seventh. Yeah, true. <laughs> but Snoop has a great point in this. He's like, the Dodgers, they're okay. they always been here in L.A. But football's football's a violent sport for our violent neighborhoods. Resonates a little bit more. They also get into this whole thing that we've talked about quite a few times. One of the reasons that I'll go on my soapbox about how why we love sports so much is that it brought everybody together. You had the... Los Angeles was so diverse at this point, but the Latinos, the Mexican crowd, could go to a Raiders game and root for the Raiders. The white people there were rooting for the Raiders. The black people were rooting for the Raiders. Everybody just got together and were Raiders fans. They were in that neighborhood, except in Ice Cube's neighborhood, they were cooking up a different kind of gumbo.
0: Well, the war on drugs (laughs) is rolling, steamrolling hard. One of the worst aspects of this policy... And how it's, you know, basically marginalized communities. And not to mention that all these major cities were essentially drawing lines in the sand and forcibly segregating neighborhoods.
1: You write that recipe down, the three ingredients for the gumbo?
0: Well, well what's the ingredients?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you're cooking up a, a Ice Cube's neighborhood gumbo, you're putting in drugs, gangs, and hip-hop.
0: And Anduli sausage.
1: And Anduli sausage. And
0: okra. I like a okra in it.
1: But is killing it this time. They had the Olympics. They had Fernando Mania for the Dodgers. Even the Rams were doing decent.
0: And rap was starting to have its... No,
1: that's a New York thing. No, no? No, that's a New York thing. Rap started in New York, okay? Chill out,
0: Cool hurt all right?
1: <laughs> that's the trilogy. We all
0: know LA has its own... No, world. it's New York. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, how about this rapper, Chris Reed, also from Ken in Play? Hmm? And then, of course, you got N.W.A., who this movie centers around. Police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad because I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think. They have the authority to kill a minority.
1: And you got Ice-T, that famous actor.
0: Who was really one of the first people to really push that gangster rap style.
1: That was the change from this New York rap that they took. Ice-T takes it, and he's cussing. Whoa. And he's yelling at bitches. Wow. And he doesn't like the police.
0: You beat New York in the cuss game? How <laughs> does that happen?
1: Yeah, they're talking about the way they're living in these war against drugs, crack days. of oh, the 80s. Man, there's an all-star cast in this movie. Every talking head was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so NWA
0: is, of course, Ice Cube. Straight out of constant, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube. From the gang called niggas with attitudes. When I'm called off, I got a saw off. Squeeze a trigger and buy his. Drake my name is dre
1: the motherfucking doctor, doctor ripping shit up oh yeah and hit a rock yeah with some help from my homeboy e the criminal of is posse fucking it up word up is what we do the reputation of the nwa crew getting busy because we're cold stomping and we're born and raised and we're born and raised and, and we're born and raised
0: in compton c wren oh, what's up tell them where you're from straight out of compton another crazy ass nigga when punks i smoke yo my rep gets bigger i'm a bad motherfucker and you know this but the pussy ass niggas won't show this Z.
1: easy as his name and the boys coming straight out of compton She's a brother that don't smother your mother And make your sister think I love her Dangerous motherfucking race in hell And if I ever get caught, I make bail See, I don't give a fuck That's the problem I see a motherfucking cop, I don't dodge him Don't forget the one you always forget yellow yellow Hey, yo,
0: yellow boy right. Kick me that funky-ass beat right that here that shit in Dude, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Fuck it up, fuck it up Who's yeah. in a motherfucking house?
1: Definitely in the motherfucking house. We got some sweet animated versions of all of the and young NWA also. Meeting up, Ice Cube was just kind of spitting rhymes, and then he met the guy who was spinning, the actual DJ, Dr. Dre. They went and gathered up some more friends, but they changed it up because that's where the gangster rap came from. I don't know if this is true or if it was more anecdotal. They said that the reason it was called gangster rap was NWA's lyric that we're not a group, we're a gang.
0: How come they didn't interview Eazy-E?
1: Huh, I got a couple ideas.
0: Well, what's so funny? Why didn't they interview Easy?
1: He's uh, you know, the boys in the
0: hood are always hard. Don't quote me boy, cause I ain't said shit. Maybe he's retired somewhere, fine. <laughs> Marcus Allen, MVP, runs all over the Washington racists and the Raiders win the Super Bowl. Did you know Ronald
1: Reagan's got jokes?
0: Tom Flores? Yes, Mr. President. I have already had a call from Moscow. They think that Marcus Allen is a new secret weapon and they insist that we dismantle
1: it. Shut up, Ronald. Hey, Raiders, uh, Moscow called, and uh, th- they said that Marcus Allen is a new super weapon. So you gotta dismantle it. <laughs> you gotta dismantle it.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't think you're giving uh, one of our greatest actors, Ronald Reagan,
0: enough credit. That's a pretty <laughs> sweet line. I like it when he told him chimpanzees.
1: Chimpanzees <laughs> Raiders won the Super Bowl Everybody's crazy about this 1987 NWA signs with a label And in 1988 Straight Outta Compton comes out Coming Straight
0: out of Compton Compton <laughs> Don't forget the Fairweather fever And I believe Marcus Allen on a microphone goes I've always wondered why I was in love with Los Angeles This is it. I love L.A.
1: He did. I almost <laughs> forgot that.
0: <laughs> I wrote the timestamp on that one.
1: <laughs> I wonder why. I love
0: L.A. I love L.A.
1: Oh, man, that was good.
0: <laughs> so, tell us about the NWA. They got
1: hits now. Everybody wants a piece of them. They brought in that video director. It was like, man, if you're directing a hip-hop video, that's the lowest rung of the ladder. Yeah,
0: all his colleagues are looking down on him.
1: They're like, we're directing Poison. We've got a budget.
0: <laughs> when Straight Out, yeah, there was so many lame, glam metal videos at this time. But when Straight Out of Compton came out, it they did not play NWA on MTV just yet. Gangster Rap did not blow up. Eventually, MTV would learn through Dre and Snoop that if you put Gangster Rap on their channel, even with it being heavily edited... That white kids actually only fucking wanted that. It pretty much killed they talk about grunge killing uh glam metal. Man, gangster rap was beating its ass a little bit before grunge really took hold. Striana Compton went platinum in a year. With no help from MTV.
1: They were calling them the Beatles of Rap. Which is kind of funny. You had to drain Ice Cube as the Lennon and McCartney yeah uh when anyone that, that was a nice white white guy uh yeah and that say
0: anything's the Beatles or something <laughs> my eyes are rolling in circles in my head <laughs>
1: but you know who did uh, pay attention to them what the fbi Fuck the police they're inciting violence
0: J gahoova feels uncomfortable <laughs>
1: Got a little interview with NWA here, and they just fucking smacked down the FBI right there. <laughs> People say we're promoting gang violence. We're not promoting no. gang violence at all. It's like, we're just telling it like it is. We're, we're reporters. We're not doing nothing, but, but making records that's real. We're not inciting any violence. We we think of ourselves as reporters. We're just telling it like it is. We're telling the truth of our neighborhoods, of what's going on right here. But this, these raiders' colors that they were wearing, they identified their gang. They were just wearing black because, you know... Gang culture in LA, absolutely huge at this time. We all know you wear blue, you wear red. It means something.
0: LA gang culture style and the Raiders colors ended up being almost a neutral zone. Also, of course, kids are wearing Raider gear like crazy. They're wearing those Raiders hats because they went with everything. They went with
1: all their black outfits.
0: Drew, imagine you wore um, your Mets starter jacket you had when you were a kid. Never had a Mets starter jacket, or your any Mets gear you got. Dude, you starter went, jackets were the shit. And you went to school. <laughs> teacher and the principal was like, Drew Archibald Wilson, you take that those gang colors right off. It's like cool.
1: Uh, apparently, I'm. British royalty now.
0: I read that book about the 86 Mets. That's a gang. Take off those gang colors.
1: (laughs) I would have wore even more.
0: (laughs) But yeah, parents, PTA, dime dropping narcs all over Los Angeles, they declare raiders colors fucking gang colors
1: gang affiliated Everybody's wearing them anyways but also people were getting killed
0: over raiders gear snoop said he wanted to be in the nwa i said oh i gotta be like them (laughs) that's the cool thing to do good guys wear black that's what they said he loved those colors he saw them wearing he's like i want to do that too
1: it's like how they were like look we're representing our city we want something that represents us but our style we're wearing these raiders hats what are we gonna wear lakers hats we're gonna rock purple and gold This is what identified, and also the Raiders. Al Davis fighting against his own league that represented winning, but winning in your own way, in your own style, not going along with anybody else. And
0: that's the image NWA wanted. Obviously, Al Davis. They talk about Al Davis in the beginning like he's a savant. He only knows football, but he seems to make some stupid, fucking, whiny, entitled, fucking choices in this. Oh, Al Al Davis is. uh, (laughs) He was in it for Al Davis. No, no. No! He loved
1: being the iconoclast of the NFL. (laughs) The guy who everybody was against me. But this black and silver merchandise and this look that was saying LA now, the LA Kings switched their colors. They were wearing yellow and purple with little fancy crowns, fancy boy, little Lord Lord Fauntleroy (laughs) crowns on their
0: uniforms.
1: (laughs) They were like, hmm, we're going to switch this to black and silver Kings uniforms. And Al Davis was pissed. He's like, hey, that that was my thing.
0: No! But they're.
1: They've got the owner of the Kings there, who we saw in our very first 30 for 30. That's right. King's Ransom. He's back.
0: Yeah. Callbacks.
1: He's talking about how their merchandise sales went absolutely through the fucking roof when they switched to black and silver. NWA says, man, I think it was Snoop who said it. The NWA took that brand and they took it around the world. Like the Raiders had it. Everybody loved the Raiders look. But they played during football season. And that was it. NWA was all year round and it was global at this point. So everybody is fired up about this thing. The
0: NWA was a visual extension of the Raiders style. And considering that the NWA is more popular than the Raiders, it only works well in the Raiders' favor. And merchandising sales goes from a few hundred to over three billion. It's fired up, man.
1: But you know what? You can uh, lose LA pretty quickly you stop winning because there's some fickle bitches in
0: cats. That's true, and it's a sparse-ass day. They must have picked, like, the worst day. It looked like a USFL game.
1: <laughs> and as soon as they started losing, you kind of lose that shine off that Hollywood.
0: The alleged football savant Al Davis picked some shitty draft picks.
1: And he got in a feud with Marcus Allen, yeah. his own best player.
0: Yeah, you bent, he, and he, like a petty bitch, benches his best player because of the feud. And Al does not want to talk about it with Ice Cube. What happened, Whitney? I'm not going to tell you. It's a deeper story than you even dream, that I was well aware of, and uh, I just got a certain
1: approach to life.
0: What you got to understand is, I'm a whiny little rich bitch. Man, you're
1: going hard on that poor animated fuck. corpse.
0: Fuck Al Davis. <laughs> Get the fuck
1: out! While Ice Cube is talking to this uh, zombie held up being made to talk through Monty Python mouth, Al Davis was alluding to some shit right there, but he wouldn't come out and say it. It's like, oh, oh if you only knew... The life that Marcus Allen led.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He smoked a marijuana cigarette.
1: But in the meantime, they hired Mike Shanahan to coach the team, who sucked all the fun out of it by trying to make them a finesse team when they were the Raiders.
0: No, these are smash mouthers, man. Not like uh,
1: wispy wind dancers. Wispy Wind Dancers. Is that your fantasy team
0: next season? I'm tired, but yes, that is my fantasy team.
1: But Al Davis makes a pretty uh, crazy business move here where he threatens, you know, I'm going to move the team again. I'm going to move it to to Irwindale, California. (laughs) to play in the middle of an abandoned rock quarry.
0: It was like an hour outside of the city, and they...
1: They gave him $10 million (laughs) as an advance for saying he was going to move the team to Irwindale, with him knowing full well that that stadium in the middle of an abandoned rock quarry was never getting
0: built. And there was a lot against Al this time.
1: And the NFL and Commissioner Pete Rozelle. Also, the Raiders' reputation. This violence, the give-and-take with the neighborhood, with the gangster rap, Raiders' games... We're starting to look like mini riots and families were starting to not come to these games. The Raiders were were a hood team. Everybody thought it was all gang members going to Raiders games. Yeah. And since the cops are what they sort of thing of like cops just beating people in the stands.
0: Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) when you suck, your tickets are affordable. So that helps more economically deprived communities go to your games,
1: man. And people are still just committing all these crimes wearing their Raiders gear because they look real hard. And now everybody's just seeing mugshots of people in Raiders gear nonstop. And that's not helping the reputation.
0: Let's do a quick flashback to my life. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about you. I can't remember the grade. I think it was in middle school. Somebody came to my school because starter jackets were all the rage. Oh, yeah. And they did this speech that was uh, that starter jackets were essentially gang clothing. <laughs> this meant that half the school was a gang, according to this dude who talked to the PTA. There was some oh, rumor. And this was her, in Los Angeles, right? No, this is in, in South, South Central Side, Compton? Southside, Tennessee. Oh, Southside. Oh, uh, yeah. South not Central. Southside of, not South Central Los Angeles, <laughs> Southside, Tennessee, unincorporated. Well, there was some rumor going on that there was supposed to be some kind of hell night. I don't know if it was supposed to happen in the nearest town of Clarksville or out in the country. We were out in the country, so this just just makes it more ridiculous that gangs were gonna surge on us. And I guess if you had a starter jacket, you might be a target. It's the dumbest shit you've ever heard. My grandmother had to go somewhere and she was very paranoid about gangs out in the sticks of Tennessee. So we're driving out and she asked me to go with her. And she hands me this box. And this box was a handgun. And she was like, if anything goes down, I need you to use that. So, it only had one bullet in it. So I had like a... <laughs>
1: Don't let them take you, Bobby.
0: This one's the bullets for me.
1: I heard the gangs do butt stuff.
0: Yeah, so I had I had this pistol in my lap. I'm like fucking 13, 12, 13 years old. <laughs> Damn. And she's like, you gotta shoot them all, Robert. When I'm called off, I got a saw, dog. Switch a trigger and the gangs come after us of so you co- shot every other kid in the starter jacket no of no gangs came <laughs> it was a quiet fucking night it was just a bunch of horse shit fucking scare tactics see it now like times 50 and there's less crime now than there was then anyway but uh, people the in
1: la were getting jacked for their raiders jackets
0: <laughs> yeah. i mean the 90s were a rough time man
1: now that we can talk about my life finally like the listeners want
0: <laughs> please
1: i wanted a starter jacket so bad that I didn't care that they were sold out of all of my local teams that I actually liked.
0: <laughs> and I was like,
1: ma, ma, please, I need a starter jacket so I can be cool. All
0: right, here's a Florida Marlins. Orlando Hello.
1: Magic. I was yeah. like, they got Jack. They're
0: awesome. Oh, that was a hot one. <laughs>
1: Penny Hardaway, dude. They're sold out of all the New York teams you like, but uh, I'll take the Orlando Magic one. I don't care. I just needed a starter
0: jacket. Can you guess what starter <laughs> jacket I had? I got it for Christmas. I did not get to pick the team. It was picked for me. Utah Jazz. Man, uh, the way you said it, I almost thought you got it. (laughs) UT, University of Tennessee. Oh,
1: see, I don't even think of college teams coming from the north. (laughs) UT was
0: huge when I was a kid because they won all the time. So around here, you're either like a UT fan or a Vandy fan or a Crimson Tide fan.
1: No Models probably ever stocked college gear. (laughs) Starter jackets up there. Eventually, I did get a Jets one, though. So come at me, bro.
0: Okay, bro, I'll come on you. That's my gang. <laughs> this is a loopy-ass episode. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> just like a Raiders tailgate. They yeah, like man. Mad Max.
0: You might get beat on this episode like fans at a Raiders game.
1: So people were playing tackle football on the street, just arms would be embedded in glass.
0: <laughs> That's how you do it. Uh,
1: we played football on the street, too.
0: <laughs> now, the politics and Al Davis's like privileged bullshit kind of pissed Ice Cube off. I did Boys in the Hood and got all the way into that Hollywood thing. I even lost my mojo for the Raiders a little. I recorded these lyrics on my second album. I stopped giving juice to the Raiders, cause Al Davis never paid us. There was no doubt the Raiders' honeymoon in LA was over. And the next chapter would forever alter this team and this city. It was a doughboy, right? He I mean, was almost as cool as he Ice Cube, you mean in real life? How come they didn't uh, get Tupac? They didn't ask Tupac any questions. (laughs) (laughs) What?
1: They're probably afraid of Tupac at this point. Oh, okay. Or he was in jail. I'm trying to think what years those were.
0: No, for this documentary. (laughs) Why didn't they interview Tupac uh, for the documentary?
1: Because NWA was wearing the Raiders hats all the time.
0: Okay, but Tupac, I thought he hung And out. Ice Cube
1: made the documentary. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. So that's why they didn't interview <laughs> So that's
1: Tupac. why he's talking about uh, his group and his friends.
0: That, that's why they didn't interview Tupac because Ice Cube and Tupac aren't are were good friends in the oh, 2011 when they made this. What
1: year did Tupac get shot?
0: What? <laughs> Tupac got shot? Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. (laughs) He's
1: on an island with Elvis.
0: How come they didn't interview Tupac's hologram?
1: (laughs) It was too busy rapping.
0: (laughs) There's a picture of Dr. Dre in a guest jean shirt. It was black, but still, Dre. That's your credibility on the line.
1: Man, at this point, gangster rap is so huge, though. Every wannabe group out there was wearing sports gear. And talking about fuck bitches, kill police. And then we had 1992. Hell, the white kids are with saying With Rodney King. At the time. And the LA riots. LA riots in and 92. And shit was real.
0: The city fucking burned. 94, a big earthquake happens. It got to be a little bit too much. They had the crazy owner
1: who's always threatening to move the team. They're not good right now.
0: The Rams go to St. Louis, but the city didn't notice for like three years. <laughs>
1: The riots are right near the stadium, so people aren't even coming out. In 1995, the Rams moved to St. Louis. And Al Davis says, I'm going back to Oakland.
0: For 16 years.
1: With a deal with a new stadium that never actually got built. All I asked them for was help me get a stadium. And uh, I would have uh, stayed. They know it. But there's
0: no NFL in Los Angeles. He was given a Hollywood Park deal, but but Al backed out. Till the day I die, I will never understand why Al Davis left. He had a deal in place to build a stadium where Hollywood Park is. They held a press conference.
1: All the media was there, everyone was ready to go, and Al Davis backed out.
0: The reason he backed out was because he didn't want to share the stadium with other organizations.
1: For them to give their okay, they wanted me to take a second team, and I wouldn't take a second NFL team into Hollywood
0: Park. I just didn't, I just wanted to be alone. Let them build their own stadium.
1: That's what he said. I, I'd never heard that story either. That the NFL was going to force a second team to share the stadium with him.
0: Maybe, but another like sports team, like a different kind of like a, maybe a soccer team. Oh well, no, or no it
1: would have been the NFL. Okay. Forcing a second one in that market, and he wasn't going to do that, which makes sense, but it, this is Al Davis telling that story.
0: But Al, so... the Rams just left. <laughs> then Oakland came back and offered Al stadium, which which he still doesn't have. And, you know, it's going on, what, 15 years? Yeah,
1: I'm not sure how true that is. I think he kind of... Was backing out of this deal because he already had his mindset that he'd threatened to leave so many times he had to make good on
0: it. If he, if he, I mean, if he's like stretching the truth, his lie it still makes him look like a fucking <laughs> little fauntleroy who's not getting what he wants. No,
1: you can see that. If the NFL's like, you can build your new stadium, but you have to take on a tenant, that's There's, some bullshit. But no, that's what we just saw now. The Rams on. have their new stadium and the Chargers are going to have to play there.
0: Well, the Lakers and the Clippers make it work.
1: There's a pretty, there, <laughs> for
0: almost all of that,
1: there was a pretty severe divide between the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers were absolutely second-class citizens
0: in the Staples Center.
1: Until maybe this year.
0: But yeah, they might have a really good year coming up.
1: But man, they they could have owned LA if you had that new stadium at Hollywood Park. I around the LA! They were there for 13 years, and the brand became a pop culture sensation, but South Central had no football team anymore.
0: I forget who says it. Maybe it's ice. But they point out that the Raiders, they're like in the abyss. Like, they don't seem to belong particularly to anywhere.
1: And now they're moving again
0: to, to Las, Las Vegas. Vegas which, <laughs> so I mean, Vegas, they seem to turn out for the Golden Knights. Because, but the Golden Knights were good right out the gate. We'll have to see how it pans out in Vegas for the Raiders.
1: And it's Mark Davis running the team now. Al Davis's son, who... Still likes bowl cuts at his age.
0: You think he'll hear me, like, shit talk his dad?
1: Yeah, probably. You you should tag him in all the episodes.
0: You're a little bitch, too, (laughs)
1: Mark Davis. Ice Cube, I think he, you know, he told the story himself. This is his show. He's the director. He's the narrator. And he says, to kind of close it out, is that this is who we are. We made this brand together. The Raiders are always going to belong to L.A. That's what we represented. Well, yeah, because they were there during your formative years. Yeah. With your thing. They were only there 13 years. They were in Oakland before they were in L.A. They were in Oakland after they were in L.A.
0: And he says to me, they'll always be an L.A. team. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of. You feel that way, obviously, (laughs) because you're from L.A.
1: And you had this amazing connection with them for those 13 years.
0: It's filtered through his emotions for sure.
1: I'm interested in hearing from other people who might have been from California, but not from L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think the Raiders yeah, are? Yeah,
0: Interview Tupac or Eazy-E.
1: They were in Oakland a lot longer than they were in L.A. Yeah. They are there twice. <laughs>
0: he and Eazy-E need to make up.
1: I'm sure that'll happen soon.
0: <laughs> this joke is...
1: You-, you should write him a letter. <laughs> I
0: hope no one who made this movie listens to this.
1: Dear Mr. Cube, <laughs> I like your music, but if only you and Mr. Eazy-E could make up... <laughs> and the big three is kicking ass right now. Nice job, Ice Cube. Who knew that? He'd be the commissioner of his own damn league. Oh, right. That oh, is the, the NBA getting three more Man and league? more legitimate every year. Yeah. Fun basketball with Commissioner Ice Cube. And he's not wearing Raiders hats to these games. He's wearing Big 3 t-shirts. Yeah, baby. <laughs> hey,
0: Ice, uh, mail me a Big 3 t-shirt. I don't think I said anything bad about you. I keep pretending your friends are still alive. But other than that, I think we're all right.
1: What was your favorite part of this documentary?
0: Me scowling at Al Davis whenever he was on the screen.
1: Me looking away in horror whenever Al Davis was on the screen. <laughs> Those were a rough few last years for Al Davis.
0: Well, I, you know, I was at a formative age when a lot of this music was coming up and I recall enjoying it very much, but these were some stickered ass albums and it was hard for me to get a hold of them. So, uh, cable TV. Depending on where I went, you that were in had a
1: fucking it. gang. Why didn't you just jack them?
0: Yo, I had a piece in my lap. You know, yeah. look, could I wrote. Have got
1: a, those CDs, bro.
0: I wrote a little dirty when I was a kid while my grandma drove, but I wasn't really gang affiliated. But I did have that White Sox cap that Dre wore uh, in the on the Chronic.
1: Now they mentioned the the White Sox here too as another team that was like, "Ooh, we're gonna change our colors to uh, black and white at this time," which
0: is interesting. I I have a hard time imagining the White Sox of any other color.
1: Uh, They have those old school uniforms that are red, white, and blue.
0: Oh, that seems weird. I think black and white works well for them.
1: I always love those black socks that the white socks wear. They've cycled through a lot of uniforms.
0: But guess what, Drew? I'm straight out of podcast! No, I can't do it.
1: If you keep going, it might be as good as the song that actually rolled during the credits of this documentary. (laughs)
0: I can't remember the credit song. It was our favorite
1: thing in the world. A team song. A song sung by the team. That's
0: right. There's a fucking uh, Raiders. uh, Every 80s team had to have a rap video. Howie Long's
1: got bars.
0: That's what I play. Offense gets headlines of glory every day. Running and catching me appeal to the mob. But I'd rather be tackling and doing my job. This long's not short on quarterback sacks. And I love to sit on those running backs. We wear the silver. We wear the black. We never retreat. We always attack. We've gotten Mets ones. Get mesmerized. Get mesmerized. We've gotten, uh, what was it, uh, Syracuse? Hey, I'm Dion you Should know my name, but if you don't, then I'm not to blame. The U had a rap video. <laughs> Now we've got an Oakland Raiders rap. My name, offense is my game. Running catch and catching to me is the same. Cause if you wanna win, you got to score. Even when you're tired and your muscles are sore. We're slowly collecting sports teams rapping. Hell yeah, it was so good. They're
1: always good. <laughs> I like how the only person that showed their verse was Howie Long.
0: Well, he's obviously the best rapper. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard the rest of the song. We'll hear the song.
1: Can't run fast and I'm not too talk but i got hands to stick to the ball on third long near the end of the game the quarterback likes to call my name
0: they fight hard just get yourself free and i say fine leave the rest of me we wear the silver we wear the black we never retreat we always attack (laughs) drew we don't rate documentaries in a star rating scale we rate them in a herzog rating scale i'm gonna give this one through five herzogs you're gonna give this one through five herzogs And then we will combine them like some Raiders gear onto Ice Cube's supple body for best out of 10 Herzogs. Drew, what did you think of this film straight out of L.A. by Ice Cube?
1: There was a lot going on in this film and not very much going on in this film at the same time. I don't know how much sense that makes. That's a great description of this movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's how this worked. And it was definitely from Ice Cube's point of view. You had the scenes with him and Snoop throwing a football around while chatting about what the Raiders meant and what the what this fashion looked like and how it affected them. You had the little animated flashback scenes of young Ice Cube. You had the Ice Cube sitting down and interviewing the animated corpse of Al Davis. What happened, Whitney? I'm
0: not going to tell you.
1: And then knowing what we know now about them being even more of a franchise that's kind of lost in this ether without a real home. It was really very much a time and a place. This was very specific to Ice Cube's personal experience. And there's nothing wrong with that. It became this cultural phenomenon and you can kind of see the same things you have jay-z rapping about making the yankees hat more famous than the yankees did it's that same exact vibe like nwa made the raiders hat more famous than the raiders did it's all going together it's all staying on it brought us back to our own starter jacket stories
0: yeah this did kind of remind us of our childhood it's
1: yeah. it's pretty incredible the impact that this did have and music yeah the music was great
0: of the motherfucking jacket with my gang while i'm chilling in the shack and shining the light in my face and for what maybe it's because i kick so much but i kick gas. or maybe because i blast on a stupid ass nigga when i'm playing with the trigger of an uzi or an ak because the police always got something stupid to say straight out of podcast <laughs> thank you for complimenting my freestyle rap
1: bro. yeah your music was great thank you absolutely great you should Definitely not edit any of that.
0: What do you give this shit?
1: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it 3.5 Gangsta Herzogs.
0: Gangsta Herzogs? Whoa. That's yeah. a Herzog wearing an Oakland Raiders. Yeah.
1: Which gang do you picture Herzog joining? He's so just re- straight up Raiders. He's going neutral and going Mad Max at a tailgate. Herzog is probably- Those Germans can fucking party, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I think Herzog's probably a cow. Cowboys? No. He's probably into one of the Canadian
1: teams. He was wearing a Cowboys thing in that. That's side oh, right. Documentary when we he, did.
0: In the uh, Woodcarver Steiner. When you go back and listen to our previous podcast. You know, I do got, I love the description you made of um this had everything and then nothing. I wouldn't have expected it but this was maybe one of the more emotional 30 for 30s just because it was filtered through Ice Cube's experience. It's an Ice Cube's love of the Raiders and even...
1: And his town.
0: And not just gets into the, his love of the Raiders, but his lapse of the Raiders when he was bitter at the Raiders and Al Davis, which I can't blame him.
1: Yeah, he threw out a pretty good verse about that too, though.
0: Stop giving juice to the Raiders, cause Al Davis never paid us. I hope he wear best. it's all about the L-E-N-C-H, you know the rest. Al Davis never paid us. It was like snappy too, like his cuts were quick. There was maybe a lot of extraneous things in here. We don't need to see Ice Cube like nodding his head to what people are saying. There is some shit that's maybe, um, (laughs) you know, when you get into the talking head side of things, it's just so common in these 30 for 30s. They got to figure out a way to get around this. Muhammad and Larry actually probably did it best. Everything When you
1: go back and listen to our previous episodes.
0: (laughs) Muhammad and Larry, everyone was interviewed in action. It wasn't much talking heads. So that's kind of a rarity in these 30 for
1: 30s. They were throwing a football around.
0: Yeah. Ice and Snoop throwing a football around <laughs> and walking around an empty stadium seemed extraneous, but a part of me still kind of liked it. Yeah.
1: It felt like just hanging out with your friend and talking about you know stuff that was important to you back in the day.
0: But the cuts and the edits and the pacing were actually not bad, probably, it lent itself to a little bit more excitability than we've seen in a lot of other 30 for 30s. So... Ice Cube definitely brought some talent, and I complimented the animations earlier, one of the better ones. Something about documentaries that really want to slip those in, and they're often, like, shitty as hell. This one was good. I would give this a 3.25.
1: Gangster Herzogs.
0: Gangster Hertzogs. So you give it 3.5, I give it 3.25. That brings it to a total of 6.75 out of 10 Gangster Herzogs. Seems right. Straight out of podcasts, baby. Straight out of L.A. by Ice Cube. We hope you enjoy us talking about it. And um, go Raiders, Las Vegas, I guess. Keep on rhyming. What you got going on? And Super Bowl. And, uh <laughs> So what am I talking about? Super Bowl? Super <laughs> Bowl. Let's play Super Bowl. Man, I want to play Super Bowl.
1: started in the AFL. The first three years we've seen our bell.
0: But now this game is 63. And ever since then we've been on a spree. We're there to be intimidated, maybe we do. Committed to excellence through and through. We wear the silver, we wear the black. We never retreat, we always attack. What happened, Whitney? I'm not going to tell you. Ice Cube will swarm. In the blue uniform, just cause I'm from the CPT, police are afraid of me, huh? A young nigga on the warpath path, and when I finish, it's gonna be a bloodbath of cops dying in LA. Yo, Dre, I got something to say. Hey, Docolo, Before you go, please go to NashvilleScene.com or select the link over at documenteerspodcast.com to vote for Documenteers as Best Nashville Podcast under, under the Media category. You must fill out several categories, 25 to be exact, before you can submit. If you're not from Nashville and would like to help us, then look at the show notes for our special episode drop titled Best of Nashville 2019 for several category suggestions and zip codes that you can punch in to help us spread the word about this show. You can also see a list of that over at documenteerspodcast.com. Help us get some local heat. Help us continue to grow this podcast. We like being a representative of Nashville, even if you don't have to be from Nashville to enjoy the show. Thank you very, very much for doing so, and keep on doc.